0: Good news, everyone. And that is this. Netflix's woke documentary about Queen Cleopatra, where Cleopatra was rather ahistorically cast as a, a black woman, lands a 1% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I believe is the lowest one ever. And it, you love to see it, don't you? And I, I do. I just
1: think one is one too many.
0: <laughs> it should be 0%. Yeah, but it it got absolutely lambasted. And I'm not going to go through all of the the reviews of it because, of course, you, you have a few sycophantic ones that are just trying to support the politics that it's pushing. But most people hated it. I haven't seen it because I value my time and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sit you through nonsense.
1: Seen it. I, I'm not going to watch it.
0: But um, why would I? If you move on to this next one here. Um, here we have uh, our very own Lotus Eaters News uh, highlighting this story. Queen Cleopatra actress, Adele James says claims of blackwashing are fundamentally racist, oh, whoops, um, after she was cast as the Macedonian Greek ruler in the Netflix series. And um, it's worth mentioning as well, that historically Macedon um, would be a part of Greece today, right? In terms of geography.
1: Yes, and, and ethnically. Yes, exactly. We so,
0: um, I imagine Cleopatra would have yeah. looked something like Stelios. I mean, probably. Uh, uh, I mean, um, you are a man. Yeah,
1: but, but, um, but other we than need, that part, we need to say
0: this in these days. <laughs> that is true. Um, he, Stelios does not identify as a woman. Um, it's worth mentioning, um, but uh, despite what you might think, um, <laughs> let's have a look at what this moron had to say about um, if you go to the article. That, there we go, John. Um, so, um, she says, um, she took the role of being the queen or the Pharaoh, should I say? And it says the trailer features claims that Cleopatra the seventh was black with curly hair. One historian asserts in the preview, I remember my grandmother saying to me, I don't care what they tell you in school, Cleopatra was black. And I mean, if your grandmother says so, it must be historically accurate. There's no, I mean,
1: Honestly, I'm, kind of I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off with this, and I just want to say that uh, I, w- I got a, re- um, a reply mm-hmm. about this by Naked and Confused. It's on a, a Twitter account who told me, as someone who is Alexandrian Greek, I find this to be such a slap in the face. It's also insulting to black people as though they don't actually have their own history. Most, mm-hmm. of, most of all, as an ancient historian, I'm insulted. They're trying to pass this off as a documentary.
0: It's not a documentary, is it? um,
1: He would be called racist, (laughs) according to Adele James. Mm -hmm.
0: It carries on saying, appearing yesterday, um, that's when the article was published and this is pre-recorded, so it was a little while ago, um, on Channel 4's Steph's Packed Lunch, um, Adele addressed the high-profile criticism around being a black actress playing Cleopatra, saying, it would be naive of me to say I didn't expect anything at all, but I didn't expect the scale of it. Funnily enough, um, people don't like rewriting history. People kind of know that it's a bad thing, that destroying our understanding of culture as it was in the past is not good for anyone. And they know the reason you're doing it is because you want black people to take over pretty much. You want them to you know, occupy all the positions of power. It is basically a, a soft form of black supremacy in that black people supplant um, traditionally um, European-centred figures, because of course um, I'll get into the history of it later, but it's fair to say that Cleopatra was European, even though she was an Egyptian pharaoh. But I'll explain the history later. Uh,
1: Another thing to say is that uh, these tendencies of historical revisionism that are uh, intended to support uh, identity politics, they're actually disrespecting people. They're disrespecting everyone and disrespecting history because history is about memory and memory is a really important part of identity. And uh, it's fun that these people are being pro-identity politics, but it is their identity they care about it. They don't care about the identity of other people. They constantly want to see uh, the whole world and the whole history through the prism of Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, experiences. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, That's, that's ridiculous.
0: Hmm. And to, to quote, um, Adele James, she says, if you watch it, it is a very small part of the conversation, really. This is about the fullness of who this woman was and was a human being. And she shouldn't be reduced to her race any more than I should, or any <laughs> anybody should, which is kind of dumb considering you've started being a race grifter. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but you can't say that and then be like, oh, they didn't like it because it's racist. Yeah, but
1: oh. w- when she does it, it's it's not no biggie. But if other people do it, if someone did, for instance, a biopic of mm-hmm. let's say Malcolm X, and the and the the author the the person who the actor was not was not black, it was going it would be a big issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, was. if if
0: it was written by someone who didn't eat crayons for a living, then maybe it would be a bit better. But at the minute, I I, I see no indication that these people have any respect for accuracy whatsoever. They're completely moronic so moving on to this next one here um, here we have uh, Jada Pinkett Smith who is behind this so-called documentary of course known for being the uh, rather disgusting wife of Will Smith known for having lots of affairs and then rubbing it in his face and then egging him on to slap um, what's his face Uh, Chris Rock that's the one yeah oops forgot his name Um,
1: I really like Chris Rock, I must say. Yeah, he's good. And he? I, I was appalled by Will Smith there.
0: I thought yeah. it was um, one of those things, you know, how they always kind of set things up beforehand. I thought it was a publicity stunt or something like that. But uh, it, it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. But um, she's blaming uh, white supremacy for the flop of her new docudrama <laughs> series, Um This uh, um, article claims it's got the worst audience rating in US television history. Um, I don't know how that's found out, but um, that's what they're saying anyway.
1: When in doubt, blame white supremacy. Mm -hmm.
0: It says, as part of Jada's woke crusade, she forced the show's producers to change the race of Cleopatra to match her own. It's worth mentioning. Cleopatra was Greek, which means she was fair-skinned, not black. Former Egyptian minister of antiquities, Zahi Hawass, pointed out, I mean, yes. I mean, everyone with a cursory knowledge of history knows this, (laughs) apparently black Americans just completely ignorant of the history of the world. Um, And it says, according to the LA Times, Cleopatra was born in the Egyptian port city of Alexandria in 69 BC and succeeded her father in 51 BC to rule until her death in 30 BC amid the expansion of the Roman empire. And actually she plays a very important role in the story of Rome, so there's a lot written about her. We know a fair amount about her. It's not like she's a mysterious figure. I mean, there are statues of her, one of which I'm going to show you later. Um, it says, Egyptologists have confirmed she was a Macedonian Greek. I mean, of course she was. Um, on the side of her father, Ptolemy um, the XII, but her maternal heritage is less clear. Less is known about her birth mother's ethnic origin. Well, does that mean that she's a sub-Saharan African? I don't really think so. I mean, I, I don't know how many there were in ancient Egypt, but um, I don't think it was that many.
1: The, the thing, the sad thing about um, many of these families were that they were so obsessed with power that they were doing some kind of inbreeding. Oh, yeah, they, frequently, would, so, they would quite often yeah.
0: marry their brother or sister. I
1: mean, <laughs> <laughs> not, not the way to go.
0: No, funnily enough, not. I might yeah. be from the Southwest, but even I condemn that. <laughs> It says, historians have said it's possible that she or any other female ancestor was an indigenous Egyptian or from elsewhere in Africa. I mean, in the same way that, you know, lots of things are are possible. Doesn't mean they're likely. Certainly doesn't mean you should depict them as such in a documentary that purports to be factual. And it says, um, Egyptian lawyer Mahmoud al Simari filed a complaint with Egypt's public prosecutor to request that Netflix be blocked in the North African nation due to the promotion of Afrocentric thinking. I think we should block it for the same reason in the UK. Why not? I mean, it basically is just blackwashing everything. I mean, the the Netflix adaptation is always, you know, a black person playing a historically white person. Never the other way around, though. Funny that, isn't it? Um, I'm personally quite looking forward to, you know, how they do black remakes of lots of Disney films. Yeah. And this is something that I've seen said online quite a lot. I'd like to see them remake Tarzan doing that. I'm sure that would go down very well. Um, it says, <laughs> one reviewer said, <laughs> sorry, Stelios, um, It is hard to take this documentary seriously when there are errors in just about every scene. Ancient Egypt existed for three and a half millennia in the Ptolemaic period of Greek control and its involvement in Roman policies, especially the Roman civil wars, is a very specific period. I mean, yeah, I know about this. It is pretty um, well understood stuff, really. For example, no Egyptian was spoken at the court. Greek was spoken. I mean, yes, of course. Quite often Greek was also spoken in Rome as well. Um, But getting costumes wrong, getting basic timelines of battles like Actium, a very famous battle, wrong. Placing Cleopatra at events we know she was not present at, mixing up things done by Antony, that's Mark Antony, the Roman general, um, with those done by Octavian, who was Caesar's uh, successor, and an unending series of errors just makes this impossible to watch, which is one of the many reasons why I haven't watched it, because I actually care about history and it being accurate. It is um, sorry. Um, it is clear that no experts, or even anyone with a basic knowledge of history of the time and place, was involved. Or if they were, their advice was um, inverted. The dialogue is also laughably childish, as is the acting. I like whoever said this.
1: Yeah, that, that's a that's a good statement. But what is obvious here is that the considerations that uh, the people who are in favor of the documentary say they're obvious scope. Mm-hmm. It's just rationalization after this. It's just, they obviously did it for political reasons
0: Mm and purposes. That's the only reason they would do it. Because otherwise, if you're following any other line of thinking, then you're not going to do that. You're going to go and follow the the actual history, like a a normal human being. But um, on the topic of history, um, we have a history series on a website called Epochs. You may have heard of it. Um, This one is about a a fellow, um, it goes by the name of Sargon of Akkad. strange name. I'm, I'm not sure if you've uh, you've yeah. heard of him before, but um, certainly check that out because that's with uh, Bo and Carl, and uh, Bo being, of course, the historian, and Carl knowing a, a whole lot about history. And um, it's also worth mentioning on the topic of Greece, and uh, particularly Alexander the Great. Um, Bo has his own channel, History Bro, where he talked to Carl about um, Alexander, which is relevant because we're about to talk about the history, and Alexander the Great is where the story of Cleopatra starts, so it's worth mentioning that Alexander the Great had a general called Ptolemy, and um, basically after Alexander died, um, the land that he conquered was split between his four generals um, I'm not going to go and list them all off because that's not what we're focusing on, but yes, his four main generals created their own separate kingdoms in different parts of the empire
1: and the Ptolemaic
0: region was in Egypt. in Egypt yes yeah. and um. That would mean that you know Alexander, known for being uh, Macedonian Greek, and of course Macedon being on the sort of outer edges of the Greek world, they yeah. kind of saw them as an equivalent to how the English see the Scots. They're sort of on the edges of, uh, of the kingdom and they're kind of a bit more um, rough around the edges. Warlike.
1: The the thing is, I don't know if they saw them that way because I don't think that they were ethnically different. Because for they weren't no, but they were just
0: quite far removed from sort of um, Athens and that sort of coast where a lot of um, Greek civilization was.
1: And there was a banner that because the Spartans didn't fight with with Alexander the Great in his campaigns, there was a banner that said that King of all Greeks except Lacedaemons.
0: But yes, um, I'm going to read some quotes from some historians, um, historians that are are classical historians, about Alexander because it might give us some clues about what these people look like. Here is Arian, who's a Greek historian that lived in the 1st and 2nd centuries AD, so he wasn't contemporary with Alexander, but, you know, he was Greek, so... I think it's fair to assume that he knew what Greek people looked like. And he says, his expression revealed a man of extraordinary force of character and determination. The symmetry of his features suggested nobility and the spirit of a hero. He had a fair complexion that burnt easily in the sun, a ruddy face and bright intense eyes that changed with his moods. Um, if he got burnt in the sun, I imagine he wasn't uh, a Sub-Saharan African. And here we have a Quintus, Curtius Rufus, who was a Roman historian who wrote at roughly the same time. Um, He was handsome in the face. His forehead was broad, his eyes were sharp and shining. His nose was slightly aquiline and his mouth was well proportioned. He was fair with a complexion tending to a light brown, which you know is what Greek people look like funnily enough. And uh, moving on to Cleopatra, Um, here we have Plutarch, who again, Greek historian lived in the first and second century. A beauty, as we are told, was in itself not altogether incomparable, nor such as to strike those who saw her, but converse with her, um, um, but converse with her, I don't know how that makes sense, had an irresistible charm and her presence combined with the persuasiveness of her discourse and the character which was somehow diffused about her behavior towards others had something stimulating about it. There was sweetness also in the tone of her voice, and her tongue, like an instrument of many strings, she could readily turn to whatever language she pleased. Obviously, what is absent here, um, if she were a, a, a sub-Saharan African, um, I imagine that would be of note to Plutarch, wouldn't it? Um, a Greek?
1: You would have wrote, written something about it.
0: You would imagine so. And, um yet he doesn't mention it. He talks of her in with a sort of tone that indicates she's part of his culture. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're, we're having to do a little bit of interpretation here because there's not really too much direct mention of her appearance other than that she was very attractive. And um, Cassius Dio, um, a Roman historian who lived in the second and third centuries AD, so again, after she was actually alive, for she was a woman of surpassing beauty. And at the time she was in the prime of her youth she was most striking. She also possessed a most charming voice and a knowledge of how to make herself agreeable to everyone. Again, very little mention. It's almost like her appearance, um, other than being beautiful, was this is what they expected.
1: Yeah, that you would have mentioned. Yes, exactly. And other historians as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, just uh, to kind of knock it out of the ballpark, so to speak, here is a, uh, a Roman statue. This is supposedly Cleopatra, from the time she visited Rome in 46 to 44 BC. So someone who actually saw her made a sculpture of her, and she looks distinctly European to me. I I mean, I don't think uh, the Roman would be like, oh, sorry, I can only do Europeans. I'm just going to kind of change the entire structure of your face. I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're not going to favour a specific Eurocentric depiction. I mean... The Romans had come into contact with the the African world. I mean they, they'd had just, the Punic Wars yeah, 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 of at course. that point. So yeah. they they were aware that Africa existed and the peoples therein. They weren't necessarily ignorant, and so were the Greeks. So they, they knew what they looked like and, and who they were, and they probably would have mentioned it, I imagine. Um
1: they, just they definitely knew, and uh, I don't know who it was. I think it was Hecateus who did many travels and I don't know if it was him, but they also they were really aware of people in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I think they called it a- Avicenia, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, were, they, they were well-traveled.
0: Yes, yeah. and uh, if we move on to this next link here, um, here we have uh, just someone on Twitter. Um, but the interesting thing is the picture, I've just included them to give them a bit of credit for sharing it. But on the right, they've got uh, depictions of Egyptians, and on the left, they've got actual historic art depicting Egyptians. I don't know whether it's contemporary with Cleopatra, I would imagine not, judging by um, how well preserved it all is, but it it kind of suggests that yes, um, they were probably closer to being Middle Eastern. I mean, North Africa is sort of more of that inclination that it is sub-Saharan Africa, because believe it or not, there's this great big thing known as the Sahara Desert, separating North Africa with sub-Saharan Africa. <laughs> It's kind of why it's called the Um, (laughs) Sub-Sahara and uh, it's known for being inhospitable and it's almost like there weren't very many people going across this great big desert. Hmm I mean I'm no historian but I I would say that that might be a big part of it and finally um, I would like to make a recommendation if you want to see a depiction of Cleopatra that's actually good um, it's not necessarily too Greek but it's a very good TV series is HBO's Rome from 2005. I've seen it all through multiple times and I think it's fantastic. And um, I would very much recommend that. So watch that instead. And uh, I suppose it's good to see that ridiculous blackwashing does have consequences. It's got absolutely panned by pretty much everyone except for rabid wokists. But of course, they're not going to go against party lines, are they? But some good news for once. Hope you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters and if you want to support our work, you need to go on down to our website where you can sign up and watch videos such as this one, which is Epochs, our history series. Um, This one's about the Wall Street crash and uh, also if you want to check out uh, what Bo, whose series this is, is up to on Twitter, make sure to check him out at historybro1.com.